you can't handle the truth from my point of view, you and I ain't going to be friends. This is Intelligent Rebellion. Today, I chat with Rosemary Mackenzie Ferguson, who is a self-described troublemaker. Up until this episode in the pod, I've been speaking with compo and healthcare professionals, but today, today I speak with somebody who has been personally affected by a workplace injury, has experienced the inequality and the complexity of the system, and then has seriously gone about trying to fix it. Rosemary is a founder of Craig's Table, which is a non-for-profit organization which advocates and supports people who've sustained workplace injuries throughout their recovery. If you are anywhere within the orbit of workers' compensation or the healthcare of people who have sustained workplace injuries, you need to listen to this. You need to take note of this because what Rosemary has to say is pretty fucking important. Hi, Rosemary. Thank you so much for coming on to the pod today. You did not need a lot of convincing. I, I generally have a lot to say. Really? Just that most people aren't going enough to hear me, hear, hear what I have well, to say. Well, you have a beautiful safe space here on the pod to talk about all the things that you think are important, which I also think are important. And so let's start. Give me your speed dating intro. You're sitting opposite whomever. Tall, dark and handsome, lots of money. And what's your best Rosemary pitch in three minutes or less? Yeah, that's a question I don't think I've ever been asked. Basically, I am who I am. If you don't, if you don't get me right from the start, if you don't understand that I am driven by a purpose for a, a, a definite outcome and, and I don't handle bullshit very well, you don't get that, then you don't really want to know me. I am here for the voice of the injured worker community, who the system has successfully dulled their voices to almost mm-hmm. silent. So if you can't take, if you can't handle the truth from my point of view, and that's not just me personally, but my point of view is the hundreds of thousands of injured workers right across Australia, and, and also at the international level, then you and I ain't gonna be friends. <laughs> Yeah, pay for the drink and move on. How did you find yourself where you are? Because how did you end up where you are, being the voice? I I sustained sustained a a workplace injury in May 94. I I had a pretty normal uh, life right up until that point. Uh, I had uh, plans for the future. I had children that I had to take care of. I was a foster mum. I was a school, you know, on the school council of uh, three different schools. You know, I, I, I had a pretty active, normal life. And then I went to work this particular day and um, found myself uh, at the wrong end of a workplace injury or wrong, you know, workplace incident. And um, and you, you you spiral into it. You, you it really is like going into a free fall without knowing where the parachute is or even if there is a parachute. You don't know the language. You don't know the system. You're in a gross amount of pain and you are terrified beyond all kind of reasoning because you don't, you just don't know where you, where you are um, and nothing that's going on around you makes sense. Um, and, and you're looking for something, a safe place to be, and, and it's not there. 
fast forward three years after surviving prescription addiction uh, and going cold turkey and having major surgery, finally having major surgery minus any pain control because I knew once I'd gone, if I went back onto pain control, you know, it's not something you can get away from again. So I, I just went looking for, for the safe, you know, this, this mythical unicorn safe place um, that didn't exist. I, I, I come from a community work background, um, so I knew other government agencies had support workers for the people who were involved. Like, um, there is a prisoner visiting scheme that is just made up of volunteers who go and visit prisoners, write letters to prisoners and so mm -hmm. forth, uh, simply because they're, on, they're in prison on their own. There are, there are people who go to court with victims just because they need somebody to support them. You walk into any hospital and there are volunteers everywhere. You, walk, you go into a school and there are volunteers there. So I went looking for the volunteer component of workers' compensation. And I won't say exactly what I, what I was about to say. <laughs> oh, but why not? Come on. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just what the fuck? Where, where, where is this community yeah. group? Yeah, I'm usually the first one to drop the f bomb in any of these podcasts. So kudos to you. Look, people who know me know that I swear. <laughs> um, I mean, to the point where even I was, I was uh, last time I was in Adelaide, I was, I was out with one of my grandchildren, and then uh, quite literally, I dropped the f bomb, and this other person sort of looked at me rather strangely, and my grandson said, "It's all right, it's a scammer. It's how she talks." <laughs> He knows he's not allowed to swear, but Gamma is. Um, so no, anyway, so I, I, I thought, where, where is this, this, this group of people? And when you can't find them, when, when they don't exist, when, when you, when you go through all the channels that you logically mm. go through to, to find something, you go, well, if, if, if you're not going to provide me with one, what the hell? I'll just do it myself. So you, you basically, you've just likened your experience as a, I know you don't like the phrase injured worker as a person who sustained a workplace injury. Uh, so excuse me if I do sort of along the way um, refer to people as injured workers. It's just sort That's of right. in my brain. Um, oh. But you've just likened people who've sustained a workplace injury to prisoners people who've been victims of criminal, of crimes. Yep. And as you met, as you just said, all these other places have support structures and volunteer structures. And you went, well, where the fuck is mine as a person who sustained an injury at work? And instead of saying, oh, you know, we, we, there are hundreds and thousands of injured workers, but you, you decided to not put up with that. And you said, well, if yeah. it's not here, I'm going to create it. So what is it about your personal attributes do you think that led you down that path of going, well, it doesn't exist, so I'm just going to create it? That's extraordinary. It's going to sound really strange. I grew up in a family who their gender was not an issue, age was not an issue, size was not an issue. If there was something that needed to be done and you happened to be the person closest to the thing that needed to be done, my dad's rule was you saw it, yeah. you fix it. It was as simple as that. And if you don't know how to fix it, there's always going to be someone around the place who can help you, who can guide you. As I said, I come from a background of community work. So I knew the program, I knew the process that, that needed to, to be gone through. I, I, I understood the framework that I needed to build. And quite literally, it was as simple as that. It was, it was an, an up yours <laughs> moment 
Unlike you, I'd, I'd had a few discussions with, with senior people in, in workers' compensation by, by then. I, I even offered to trip, shall we say, because I couldn't have picked him up, uh, trip a CEO of WorkCover out the sixth floor window just because he happened to be pissing me off. And, and he, he looked at me and said, well, why wouldn't I throw you out the window? And I said, well, you can if you want to. Yeah. It won't change any. So, so we went to lunch instead. <laughs> Because it was less violent. But he got where I was coming from. And and as strange as it may seem, I've known CEOs, um, senior managers. Oh, yeah. There's not one of them that, that I couldn't sit down and have a conversation with. But he was the only one that's actually welcomed me in. And he enabled yeah. me to learn. He didn't find me a challenge. He, he found me intriguing. And to this day, uh, all these years later, he is still... I would say, yeah, he is the one person who still understands when I get frustrated. He understands that really all I want is someone to listen. I don't want someone to take the challenge on for me. I'm just speaking out loud or thinking out loud so as I can hear myself create my own reasoning. And if he thinks that I am wrong or if I'm heading in the wrong direction, he pulls me out. So so would you say that what you're doing in industry is rebellious? (laughs) no I don't think it is rebellious I I really don't people people see me as um someone who who likes to create issues and dramas and there there isn't one name that 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 I've been called that I haven't heard (laughs) and 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 you know if if they were game enough to say it to my face I'd actually respect them for it but they, if they, they can have a meeting with me and then in a, in a post-meeting discussion refer to me as, you know, something very unpolite, then I haven't, I, you can't respect them. Yeah, I can still work with them, but I just can't respect them. And so them. why do you think, I mean, this is what I find interesting because you're advocating for a community which you refer to as the silent majority. And yeah, well, you've been... Yeah, the reason you get it, you guys get well, out of bed. Yeah, anymore. exactly. I mean, without without the compensation system and without the people such as what you know, as your someone like yourself who has sustained a workplace injury, I'm out of the job. And and I think this is yeah. where, and you see a lot of the work and a lot of the writings that I do is that healthcare and compensation fundamentally is a flawed business model because it does rely on us to make ourselves redundant. <laughs> and if we yes. do that, then we're out of the job. Um, and then we don't make any money. So um, do you want to talk to me a little bit more about who the silent majority are? Why do you think they're so silent? And why do you, I know you and I have spoken a lot about, um, and you've just pointed to it as well, you've got people who don't want to listen to you, want to beat you down, say awful things behind your back, but don't have the guts to say it to your face. What are they saying? And why are they so disagreeable? Like it just makes sense to, help people who are injured what what are you coming up against i come up constantly against the urban myth the injured worker community is fraudulent Mm -hmm. that they don't want to go back to work that they are lazy that all they want is a big payout all all the urban myth things that really are so laughable because they have they they have no basis i've I've been being being an advocate now a full-fledged advocate i would say (laughs) since and and it it wasn't something I intended to do it was something I I I kind of Mm. fell into 
Well, I can name on one hand, just one hand, the number of injured workers, and I'll call them injured because they've injured themselves, who simply don't want to in pain. The industry knows me well enough to know that if I walk away from someone, there's a reason. I may never give the industry the reason why I've walked away. But if I walk away from someone, then there's a pretty good chance that those people never actually want to engage with yeah. anyone. I have quite literally walked away from four people over just two, yeah, two decades. The rest of them really just want to get the system out of their, their lives so they can get back to their life. The system we have at the moment, as I describe it, in, in just, it works in just three words. It's earn, churn yeah. and burn. You, they, they earn, the, the, the profit comes in, uh, they churn, this, churn a select number of people through the system because you know, if, you, if you look at the size of the system and you look at the, the number of claimants, it's yeah. disproportionate. The, the, the size of the system is, is way, way too big for the, for the number of claimants yeah. that are there. So they, they churn them through until there is nothing left to churn and then they park them in the back parking lot to time them off the system. So they burn Very them. simply, and you've pointed to it already, where, is, where are we as humans within the system absolutely fucking this up? If you were to point to one or two things, is it just the churn and the burn? Is it just the money? What are we missing? Like, what are we doing wrong? It's pretty easy to dehumanise mm -hmm. someone. What you do is give them and uh, take away their name and give them a yeah. number. So when you when you replace a name, then you, you then you have removed the uh, the image of a person. So when you when you're reading a file, when when you get a file referred to you, the first thing you see, the very first line you see, is that person's yeah. number. It's not something that is considered important, but in that. When, when, when the, the person, the, the claimant gets that, gets a document, gets a correspondence of any kind, they, the, the instruction is when you respond to this, use yeah. your claim number. And, and I refuse to And, do and that. that's interesting because I was speaking to James Ellis last season and he, had, he said exactly the same thing. We are dehumanising people. We are turning them into claim numbers. We are turning yeah. them into cases. And I remember the very first time I met you and it was at your favourite cafe. Um, <laughs> anyone anyone who knows you is probably the at cafe with you. Um, and I, yeah, the, the iconic cafe at Parramatta, ask for Rose. There's, your, there's your plug, right? So the iconic cafe in Parramatta. And I think I remember we sat what felt like hours and it probably was hours. And I asked you one question and I said, I asked, what is the one thing that I can do as a rehab consultant and as a professional who works within compensation that is going to help you? And your answer was so simple. And you said to me, call us by our name. Out of everything that I could possibly do, the only thing that you as a worker advocate said to me was, call us by our name. I found that to be so powerful. And I use that now actually in, in a lot of my professional development courses where how do you humanize compensation? How do you humanize the system? Easy. Just remember that there's a person with a name and, and they're a human. So what do you think is the current state of the industry and what scares you most about what is happening in the industry? You have a very amazing perspective because I know you talk to a lot of people who are in much higher pay grades than me, 
um, and who can actually write and influence policy. And I've seen you do that. And so from the ground, all right, what do you think is really fucking scary about the industry right now? When I came into this 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 part of the industry, I would go and sit with with people who who needed support, and then I would go and sit with their case manager. Quite literally, I would ring them up and say, "Hey, I'm in the foyer. You got time for coffee?" I don't know whether they were too dumb to say no, <laughs> or whether they weren't game enough to say no, or whether they just it was so out of the blue that they didn't think to say no. But I could go and talk to someone, run through all the issues. That were being faced, all the concerns that weren't con- weren't compensable, but they impacted on the compensable component of that person's life. I can't do that now for safety reasons. We don't know where where people are. You, you know, and, and just using New South Wales as yeah. an example, you know, your your physical lo- location may be downtown mm-hmm. Parramatta, but your claims agent, your case manager, may yeah. be at Charlestown or Wollongong. Oh, we're from home now. <laughs> Oh, yeah, now and now during COVID, working mm. from home. But you don't know, you can't actually go and have a meeting with this person. And, and as an advocate, I find that very, very frustrating that, that the amount of hurdles I have to jump through just to fit within a box that should never be there in the first place. I find that frustrating. I find it frustrating when I, when I talk to the allied health providers they say to me, look, you know, we, yes, we know that they need all this, this stuff at home, but putting it onto a rehab plan, putting it in, putting it in we know the case managers won't approve it, so we, we, we don't put yeah, it see, on. I have, I'm going to stop you there because that shits me more than anything, right? And when I talk to people and when I mentor people, I yeah, often surprising. I, it surprises me that someone makes a decision, especially a healthcare provider. And, you know, I'm an exercise physiologist. I've sort of run the gamut of workers' comp and a rehab consultant now. It always surprises me and always shits me that someone says, I will not put this in my report because I don't think it's going to be approved. Yep. Hey, rehab, anyone who's listening to this right now, healthcare providers, rehab professionals, whoever you are, it, that is not your decision to make, right? When you're doing a workplace assessment or an ADL assessment or an ergo assessment, our job is to stand by our healthcare duty of care and as a professional and let the insurers and the claims and the scheme agents make the decision whether or not they can approve that or not. And, and that's part of the dehumanizing this person is you're making a decision based on a system, not on what a person actually needs. Is, is that fair to yeah, as, as much as I I work really really hard to to avoid legal disputes, mm. if a chairlift is needed, then a chairlift is needed. And if you don't write that down, um, that's probably an extreme example. But if you don't write down that this person mm-hmm. needs various supports just to just to be able to live in their own home, then there is no dispute. You can't that that person does not have then the the written evidence to say a professional said that I need and the other the side of the, the other side just, of the responsibility piece there is as well is that you as a healthcare professional writing that report are not doing your due diligence or your duty of care for that person. Yeah. You, you, can can you can you imagine um, you know breaking your leg and 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 the nurse saying oh no I I'm not going to order a, a, you know, another set of X-rays because that that swelling doesn't look mm. quite right to me. You know, responsibility you know, is 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 on the on the on the the shoulders of the person who is doing the examination. Look, we can talk all day about the industry and just how decisions are made and 
um, service level agreements and all sorts of fun things, right? But you've got some great ideas. What are you so asking people to do and they're probably not doing it? I, I actually want the industry to understand that Craig's Table is here for a reason, but we are still the only registered for-purpose, not-profit association for, injured, for the injured worker community written by someone who has survived this system, understands the system, and we can actually mm-hmm. help the system. We can go where, where the system can't go. We, have, we, we can actually say to, to someone else within the community the truth of what's going on. We can tell them exactly what's being, being happening or what's happening. We can cut through, you know, as my mum used to say, we can cut through the mustard in, you know, with, with, with the bluntest of knives and, and just lay it on the line and say, get your act together. This is what's happening. They will time you out. Don't, don't, you know, don't, don't get on board and help them. The system needs to, to engage with us as much as we need to engage Craig's with the system. Craig's table is in a very unique position, as you've just said. Though could not professionals like me or claims managers put themselves in that position of trust. Is that is that possible? They can't. Is it that it, yeah. it can't or they um, just won't? You know, there, 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 are, there is this very strange word that, that the system is absolutely terrified of, uh, and that's cooperatives. <laughs> it truly is. So, so, so just for argument's sake, uh, a cooperative formed between a community provider at Craig's mm-hmm. Table is and other allied health providers, and, 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 yeah, and we were upfront, honest about it and said, this is where we're going. This, this is the service that each part mm-hmm. of us is going to provide. That would change the system overnight. Quite literally, the, you know, if you started that um, you know, five to nine on Monday morning, it, the system would look different by five past five Let's on Friday. Let's flesh that a little bit more. To talk, talk to me about sort of a little bit more about that, Rosemary. So you mentioned if you're looking at a cooperative, say someone, Craig's Table, in cooperation with allied health professionals, who, let's be more specific. Let's draw out this plan. The, the, the one thing that, that the community tell me is they never mm-hmm. feel heard. So when they go into a rehab meeting or a psych meeting or when when any of the other allied professionals come in, they are there for an hour because it takes, you know, five minutes to start the conversation, 40, 45 minutes to, to go through everything that's just happened in the last six weeks, um, and then another, you know, 10 minutes to, to book the next conversation. Yeah. Whereas when they come into Craig's table, that conversation mm-hmm. is ongoing. It's not a stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, don't have to remember everything, um, and this may surprise you. The last thing we actually talk about most of the time is workers' compensation. We talk about kids, the cat, the dog, the goldfish, drains flooding, um, football scores, and please don't, you know, they, they do try to teach me rugby and I, and I, I just fail. <laughs> They told me when I came over here that I had to pick uh, a rugby team and I know nothing about rugby. So I said, I like the purple team because I like that colour purple. And then I just about got stoned because I just because I picked a Melbourne Storm team and without realising that, you know, rugby is only played in New South Wales yeah, and Queensland. And, and you're a stone's throw from, you know, the Parramatta Stadium there. So surely the local home yeah. team. Like, I, 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 I didn't even pick the local team. I just, I just you know... I like the, the I like the cut that colour purple because I do. <laughs> anyway, but again, so I'm likely to get myself into trouble with that. But we we resolve mm-hmm. issues 
that is a burden. So we do what you guys can't well, why do. Why can't we do it? I feel like, I don't know, I'm going to give myself a little toot toot here, but I can do that. I, I, yeah. I've, I've been able yeah. to sit down and talk to workers about their family, their lives and write reports and get outcomes. It's possible to do. Is it just that the system is telling people who work in the profession not to do it? Yeah, basically. They are there to get an update, medical update, capacity update, do a job search update, do whatever it is, but do not get personal. Do not get behind that number. Do not look at and the that's, person. And that's ridiculous. I, I, that, I mean, if you want to humanise something, and it's okay, you can still be professional. It's not like I'm unprofessional. I, you know, you can still do your job, but you know, not be a dickhead about it. it and, and I think that's ultimately what yeah. it comes down to. So... I think humanizing healthcare and humanizing compo is, is a big thing. And I think for me, I, I, there's a lot of optimism because I talk to a lot of people and mentoring and PD and they start with, I just want to help somebody. And I feel like the system beats it out of them. Um, and this is where we need to raise voices like yours, particularly um, and the people that I've spoken to already on this pod that you can be a human. You can personalize this work. It's okay to get behind you know, beyond the claim number, as you said, because that's eventually how you're going to get an outcome and everybody wins. The the number of allied health providers, I I, I use the the term very, very loosely because some of them work in the industry, but but, but they're anything but health (laughs) providers. They will ring me and they discuss five, six, ten people. Say, well, you know, this. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ringing about, you know, Johnny Smith, um, and you know, this is this is what's going on. What you, what would you do? And then, and they will go through all of that, uh, and they do it in six minute increments because they can bill in yeah. six minute increments. Yeah, you know, they they know that I can't send them an invoice. They know that because they're just having a general general conversation, and I don't care if they if they never call me again after listening to this, but. I actually rang the manager of one of these particular corporate <laughs> firms. Certainly, you know, if 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 you're going to allow this, your 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 staff mm-hmm. to do this, then I am going yeah. to invoice you. Um, but it won't be in six minute increments. It will be for the amount of time that I've researched everything that they, so I can give them a valid answer. So when they're coming to you, what are they asking? Is it just they don't know what to do? Are they asking technical questions about? What are they? I, I'm just mad because what are they asking you? I know what you and I talk about, and it's not. It's just about stuff like this. Um, how do we improve the system? <laughs> but I, it, it just I'm, I'm in disbel. And, and as you said, I'm a bit dumbfounded as to why. And I, when you say healthcare provider, I assume you're saying like rehab consultants are calling you, asking you for advice. Explain that to me. They 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 ring and ask because they have. Their KPIs up. They have to create income for the for the company they work for. So if they can indicate on on their in their records that they have phoned Craig's table because we are recognised within yeah. the industry, what they ask is, or well, how would you get this person engaged? What is it that we need to do? And and, and, and it's all very valid yeah. questions. But the, but the conversation about you know, Johnny Smith is six minutes yeah. long. I've been around this industry long enough to know when I'm be- when I'm being used. If if someone rang and said, "Look, I've, I've got a real issue. There, there, there's something else going on here that they're not comfortable talking yeah. to me about. Can I 
to a number onto them, then I, then I will always say yes because we've been called in to do everything. And as you said, you're, as you, you likened it to, you know, the prisoner the visitor system yeah. and the, the volunteers yeah. within the hospital system or the victim support people, you're there yeah. on tap I mean, yeah. as someone that they can just talk to, maybe help yeah. with some issues. But ultimately, you still have to rely on yep. the people within the system to make other things work because you're not a rehab provider. You're not an allied health professional. You, but it puts you in a really unique position. People are going to be more honest and trusting of you. We, we also go in and do training, with, which is why one of the reasons I was talking with one of the larger providers last week. They wanted to know what our training programs for, for, for the industry actually yeah. looks like. So, and it, and it, it's, it's not polite. It's down and dirty. It's reality. It's living or walking that person, another person's reality. So, so tell me this. I mean, here's a space with my millions of listeners high millions of listeners. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> you are one of them. What message do you have for rehab consultants and rehab or compensation professionals? Talk to me. It's as simple as that. Pick up the phone. I'm great at having coffee. Uh, <laughs> honest. Be, be totally mm-hmm. honest. If, if there is a blockage somewhere, if, if there is anything that you think what else can we do to shift pick up the phone and talk to me send me an email and let's talk about what it is that you know what what costs factor would be the time factor would be sometimes it's as simple as just uh, an hour session with with a few people saying behind all of Mm -hmm. this when 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 you are looking at trying to, to think of ways to resolve this if you do nothing else yeah, you and I are eternal optimists. We get down into the gutter, but we're still like, hey, there's a way out of this. This this will work. So what are you seeing in the industry that gives you hope and optimism? Who are people that you want to celebrate, that you want to maybe shout out and are doing amazing things and people that we should look to to change the system and, and emulate them? The, the one thing that, that, that I'm seeing at the moment giving me hope is not based in Australia. They are creating um, a professional mentoring system for, for the providers who are coming in. I've been invited to join the mentoring system. Um, and the people that, that I will get to mentor is everyone from the person who receives the claim in the first place through to their allied health providers through to uh, even those who sit on the bench. In America, that's important, and it's important because these people uh, are people as well. They they have issues that that claim may may trigger in them, and they've got no one to talk to. It gives me an, an immense amount of hope because for or we can discuss things before they become real big issues, before they become a mental and emotional health risk, and then and that to me is important. I'm forever hopeful, as you said, the eternal <laughs> optimist that. That sort of thing would be picked up here in, in Australia. Yeah, I mean, as I well. think mentoring is a big thing, and I, I feel like it's almost giving people permission to be human. It's giving them some of the some, yeah. some of the feedback that I get from my courses was, oh, I didn't know I could do that. I'm like, yes, you can do that. You know, somewhere along yeah. the way, we're telling our youngsters or even the people who are new to industry, oh, this is the way it's done and it's process driven. 
Um, I was talking to a friend yeah. about that recently, about how the, the healthcare side of things or the caring, the humanity side of things is just constantly being beaten down by the process side of things. And, and we need to flip the narrative, but we need to flip the script there. We need to turn that back upside down again. So we need, we need to have it facing in yeah. the right direction with, with it being, with, with the, uh, the community being the, the central mm -hmm. focus. And I'm really more. optimistic about it because I know and I've seen with my own eyes and the conversation that I've had that people want this. Mm -hmm. There are people, really great people out there doing really good things. We just need to float them to the top so that they're a lot more visible. So we need to really start combining and cooperating sorry Sarah New South Wales we need to start cooperating and collaborating with each other and stop being so selfish and jump out of our silos because ultimately we all want to do the same thing but I'm going to I'm going to move on because I go on about this forever but one of my final questions to everybody is what something fun that you did recently only for you uh Everyone who knows me knows that I, I am a, a talking nut. <laughs> I, I, I have read everything that, that Tolkien wrote. I escape into Middle Earth whenever I can. You know, the Hobbits are pretty cool people. <laughs> so New Year's Eve, <laughs> this either shows that I, I am a nut or I don't have a life <laughs> and I really don't care. <laughs> it, it was at 9.13pm 9, 9, and 19 seconds or something. And it's, it's, a, it's a very exact uh, on New Year's Eve, and it's the extended version of the two mm -hmm. towers. Push, push, play, and you sit there because exactly at the stroke of midnight, you will hear Theoden say, and so it begins. Millions of us all over the world who do exactly the same thing, um, and yeah, it is pure escapism. Mm -hmm. um, but but it's, it's a good way to start a new year. I don't know if it's a fun thing or it's a very trite thing, but it's a, it's, it's a yeah, very rare thing. it makes you happy, so be it, right? You've told people, hey, come and find me, come and talk to me, listen to what I have to say, and I'll listen to what you have to say, and we can make this whole combo world a better place. So how do we find you? Uh, we'll put it all in the show notes as well, but what's the best way to get you? Um, if you're not on LinkedIn, then you know where. <laughs> There, there, there is no other social media. Um, no, seriously, the, the best way to, to, to contact me is through Craig's Table website, craigstable.net.au. Go to the website. You, you'll find there's a lot of very useful tools there that I have spent years creating. Literally, that's where you'll find me, you know, the, the truth being told to the, to the community. If you want help, yeah. it's here. It's, it's free for, for anyone to use either through LinkedIn or through, through the website is the best way to contact me. If, if I don't have time to give you a, a, a complete answer, I will respond and say, I will, you know, I'll get back to you by such and such a time. Very, very rarely. And with Craig's Table, you actually founded the inaugural Injured Workers Wellbeing Week in 2021 yes. you're involved again oh Michelle. yes of course you know i'm signed up for that so let, let's plug that who are you looking for who do you want help from um who can sign on and jump onto this great cause anyone mm. anyone if you are within the system if you are a claims agent if you're a rehab provider if you're an allied health provider even if you have an alternative therapy process but music for therapy is is fantastic art for therapy is fantastic anybody who wants to be part of it is welcome um, we, we don't promise that you will get you know, thousands of clients or anything but you know you'll be up there forever in prosperity <laughs> 
And it's really all about putting control and focus back in the hands of the people who actually So what you're basically saying is to all the people out there who want to humanise compensation, who truly are trying to do the right thing, Craig's Tables Injured Workers Wellbeing Week is your forum. Like here is a space that someone is. is saying to you, grab it with both hands, you are welcome, join us. Put your time in and and really truly come out and be brave enough to challenge the system because there are lots of people out there who feel the exact same way as you do. And you'll be part of the revolution. Yeah, and, and as you know, be part of the, you know, join the rebellion. The Intelligent Rebellion is celebrating the great people in industry. And we, you have so many forums to shout and speak and to talk because we're asking you and we're creating that space for you now. You won quite a prestigious award recently. And I, I think you thought that I wasn't going to bring this up. Talk us through what you've won. So I'm going to mispronounce it and give yourself a massive plug here because it's huge. It is huge. Um, as, as, as people know, I, I do international work. The, the highest recognition that, or the recognition you get internationally is from the Comp Laude Awards, which are based in California. So I was nominated uh, last year for the humanitarian section of the award, and I was pretty cool <laughs> with that. Uh, I'm a bit surprised, but I was pretty cool with it slight detail there it actually came in at a time when I was going through a bit of a dance with cancer and I needed something else to focus on so I I went through the the whole process of explaining who I am and you know explaining to people who know me who I am and why I do what I do so I I was pretty chuffed when when I was notified that I was a recipient of an award and I figured well I was nominated for the humanitarian award so that's what it is because of COVID I I couldn't travel to states for the actual um, function so it was all done virtually anyway so I'm sitting through the awards ceremony and I'm I've been awake since 2 45 (laughs) a.m. And, and all I wanted to do was lay down and sleep. And I was like, you know, no, you know, this is, this, this award is, is, is far too, you know, this, this whole program is too important. Fast forward to the award section and, and they, they're going through the, the, the nominees and the recipients of each award and, and, and the humanitarian section comes and goes and I'm, and I'm sitting there going, why am I here? Why am I here? Uh, yeah, that 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 was my award. You've given it to someone else. Yeah, indignant little me, and I'm and I'm tired. But by then, I'm in a virtual green room, and and I'm talking to the people that are in there. And uh, one of them is saying, "Just hang in there. Just hang in there. Just then, don't go away." And I'm going, "I'm tired. I need a cup of tea. I need to go to the toilet." I'm, so they're, they're saying, "Just hang in there with us. Just you know, it's almost finished." And I'm looking at them, and and my brain is not working. So I'm I'm sitting there and the Magna Cum Laude person was was named. I know logically I know the next award is the Magna Cum Laude and it's you know it's, it's the it's the Uber one and I know I'm the only person left in the green room. The logic part of my brain shut down, totally shut down. I'm being introduced by a person who I respect mm-hmm. highly, Bill Zachary. I was named uh, the International 
So I'm a commodity recipient for 2021. Big thing about that, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, yeah, this this award's got my or this trophy's got my name on it. It's also smudged with millions of fingerprints from people all over the interworker community, from the industry internationally and nationally, from from my mentors, from people who just wanted to help, and sadly people who are no longer with us. I know that Craig's fingerprints are on this. And this is this is important for the Australian industry to understand. This is the only time that the, the summer camaraderie has left America, and it's the first time that someone with a recognized who is a recognized person with workplace injuries has actually received this award. It's a pretty big thing to to receive. The trophy sits um, on the shelf above my desk, and quite literally, I look at it every day. When I pulled myself up off the floor on the 30th of May 1994 and I fell into this this abyss called workers' compensation. I didn't ever think that it would be possible to reach from the bottom of that abyss. It would, it would not be possible to reach the highest pinnacle simply by asking the question, why? Because all I did was ask why. Tell me why. Help me understand. Tell me why. So when when people with workplace injuries tell me that, that they can't achieve something, I go, fuck you, you, don't, you have no idea what you can achieve. You can do anything. You know, if you if you want to be on the first spaceship to Mars, that's your goal. Then we will get you there. You have to put in the work. You have to understand that it's, it's not simple to be um, where you are to get to just sitting on that 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 first spaceship. But if that's where you want to go, go. I'm an incomplete paraplegic. Doesn't stop me what, from doing it. What anything. is the final word here? I mean, what do you want to say before we we wrap up this episode? Set your dreams. Set them so high that that. You feel oxygen starved when you when you think about it. people go. Oh, yeah, I I, I want to um, I want to be pain free. Well, I'm not pain free. I know I will never be pain free. I accepted a long time ago that my days may end on on this earth uh, with me needing to use a wheelchair. Well, big deal. If that's what if that's the worst that's going to happen, big deal. I set out to 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 resolve issues that I didn't understand at the time I had goals I had dreams I had plans and then I set it set myself a goal to actually not just make a difference but to alter things in such a way that other people took notice if you want to suddenly become a music teacher and and you're a florist then go out and learn how to do it there is the, the only barriers in this industry within within anything is where you set your mind you don't need to know where you're going to get the tools from, where, where, where you're going to get anything from. You just have to set yeah, that, that I think that goes across every aspect of life, whether you're a person with an injury or not, or just as a normal human being, yeah. right? So I think we'll, we'll end on that. And I just wanted to, um, to just say thank you for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. And I hope that people do reach out to you because your wealth of information thank you first of all from uh craig's table thank you uh from me thank you thank you for being an awesome person and actually being game enough to start this pod because so many people i talk to in this industry talk about doing things and then plant their backside somewhere and never get out of their own way. It's it's not easy being out here on the front line. Um, it takes a, a certain amount of courage and a whole lot of stupidity <laughs> to actually think.
I mean, stupidity in the in the, in the nicest kind it's of way. It's scary. Um, it's scary doing it's... what you and I do. Um, and I've often said that I am so ready to just pack it all up and have to find a new job or a new career. But I meet people like you and a lot of other people along the way who just make me really truly believe that we are on the right path. We humanizing healthcare and humanizing compensation is sexy. This is the place that everybody wants to be. This is and now we're black. able to join forces and we're able to cooperate with so many people. You have given me so much courage to be outspoken because I'm like, I'm just going to stand behind Rosemary <laughs> while she says this. Okay, I'll pop my head out now. Um, to the healthcare professionals out there, to the rehab professionals out there, you're not alone. We want to make this a better system. There is a way to do it. And it actually starts with you and every single decision you make. Here's the challenge to all of them. Let's make the biggest positive co-op mm-hmm. possible and change the system by passive people power, by saying, no, we, we are not going to comply just because it makes someone else The more you ask why and the more curious you are, the more you'll realise that, hey, I w- you and I would not be doing this if we were not hopeful and optimistic that we are creating change every single day. It's not huge. It's not enormous change, but it's lots of little things that will eventually end up at in a better system and we see that already day to day so um thank you there's such kind words to say that <laughs> um but you know how i feel um i think the feeling is mutual thanks again rosemary um for coming on to the pod no worries. i'll see you i'll see you in an iconic cafe sure thing bye the intelligent rebellion podcast is a three sticks production it is hosted by me ria Mikado. Will is our emperor of sound, mixing and editing, and is the genius behind all our original music. If you like what we do here at The Intelligent Rebellion, please spread the word, tell a friend, hit the subscribe button, or write us a review. 